Hello, and welcome back to the Emmy Awards. I am your host, Emmy Cardinelli, and it has been like two months since I recorded a podcast. Um, sorry about that. This is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching and re-watching. It used to be once a week, but now it's just, I, I don't know. Um, I'm Emmy, if this is your first episode ever listening to it. I have a full-time job. This is just a hobby. And um, I was fostering kittens in February and, or no, March. I fostered kittens all of March and then April I was really depressed and now it's the beginning of May and I'm like fiending to record a podcast episode. So that's why I've been gone. Um, I want to get back into doing this once a week, but no promises. Um, again, I do have a full-time job and this is just a hobby that like five people listen to. So, um, it's just for fun. I missed doing it. So I'm back and I'm doing it, but I wanted to give a little life update. I did adopt one of the kittens I was fostering. His name is Ernesto. So now I have two cats. So I've been wanting to record an episode for like a month. And originally the podcast episode um, this is episode 27. It's going to be about Vanderpump Rules because I fell down a Vanderpump Rules rabbit hole. And I will be talking about Vanderpump Rules. But before I get to Vanderpump, I need to talk about Yellow Jackets. I'm recording this at 8 p.m. Pacific on Thursday the 4th. And I, in like literally an hour, a new episode of Yellow Jackets is going to drop. And... I might not watch it right when it drops because I don't know how long recording this is going to take me and I don't want to rush myself. Um, And I feel very fortunate that I live in California. So when things drop at midnight EST, it's nine my time. So if I start at 10, like, like I don't have to be up at midnight. It's wonderful. And then when things drop at midnight Pacific, I have I can watch it at midnight. I don't have to wait until 3 a.m. I love living in Pacific time. But anyways, all of this to say that there's a new Yellow Jackets episode dropping in less than an hour. And I meant to start recording this podcast earlier, but I didn't. So I'm going to try not to rush myself, but I don't even know where I'm going with this. Okay, so... I didn't come prepared with notes because I have so much to say that I feel like I didn't need to write anything down, but I really want to talk about Yellow Jackets because Yellow Jackets is not the kind of show I typically watch Um, in some ways. In a lot of ways, it's it's very much a show that I'd be interested in, which is why I watched it in the first place. But all I had heard about Yellow Jackets season one was... Can, like cannibalism. Like I knew it was about a girl soccer team that got stranded in the wilderness um, and they resorted to cannibalism. And that really freaked me out because cannibalism is like one of my biggest fears. Not in like the practical sense of like, I'm scared of being eaten. I don't really, like if somebody kills me and they eat me while I'm dead, why do I care? It's just like one of those things that really freaks me out about watching. I was really into Bones when I was a kid um, I like a teenager, not when I was like literally five, but like teenager, I really liked Bones, SVU, Criminal Minds, all that kind of stuff. And there is an episode of Criminal Minds where it opens with, because not Criminal Minds, Bones, there's Bones typically opens with like, like somebody finding Bones or like a body, um, more than like criminal mind, like other shows sometimes open with like the actual crime. Most of the times Bones just opened up with people finding the body. And there was an episode of Bones where it's like a school cafeteria and they're like all eating like some beef stew or something. And somebody finds an eyeball (laughs) and it turns out like the beef stew they were eating was human stew because somebody got murdered and they put it in the meat. And um, that's been one of my biggest fears ever since. I am a vegetarian, not for that reason, but it is a it is a perk. I guess I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a vegetarian. Maybe because the truth is, I don't want to be murdered and eaten. But like, I don't. If I'm dead, then what does it matter to me? 
unless they eat me alive. But like, it's one of my like biggest fears in the sense that it's one of the things that freaks me out the most. Not that it's like one of my biggest fears as in I'm worried that's going to happen to me. But I had been, I'm also a bit of a scaredy cat. So I was really putting off checking it out because I heard it was kind of creepy and kind of scary and people die and people get eaten, yada, yada, yada. And Typically, things like that, I'm like, I'm not watching it. I don't need to be scared. I have enough anxiety in my day-to-day life. If you hear um, cat sounds in the background, that those are that's just my cats. Um, sorry about that. They're fine. They're just... The little one's a kitten, so he doesn't understand her boundaries yet. But anyways, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Being a mother is so hard. Anyways, so I was really like hesitant to watch it for a very long time because I'm not scared of stuff I didn't like I don't really watch horror movies I don't really like that kind of thing but I was so like there was something about it that just kept drawing me in I would get ads for it like constantly on streaming things YouTube and it was really just like they they got to me I was like I'm interested I want to know what this is all about. So I read a detailed um, episode by episode breakdown. I don't remember on what website, but it was some magazine that wrote an article like breaking down episode by episode, like the creepy stuff, like the scary stuff, um, gory stuff, all of that for season one. And so I read that and I was like, okay, I'll give the first, I'll give the pilot a chance because everything I've read says that if the pilot's too much for you, you shouldn't keep watching. Um, so I watched the pilot. I loved it. was like, this doesn't seem that, this seems manageable to me. Um, and I kept watching it with episode by episode spoiler, um, which I know that's not fun for some people, but I'm a scaredy cat and I really don't like gore. So it was useful for me to know that Shauna like kills a rabbit and then like skins it to like cook it. You know, that was helpful for me because as soon as I saw the close-up of the bunny, I turned the brightness down on my screen and I didn't have to see Shauna kill a rabbit (laughs) because I am a little bitch. So that was actually really helpful for me. And I would recommend if anybody is similar to me where they've been interested in it, but like they really can't handle like gore to read spoilers, at least for season one. I think season two, I've been watching it a bit more live in the sense that I watched the first three episodes of season three, like not live, but then every episode since I, well, that's been two episodes because four and five and then six comes out today. But I am a little bit more like watching it as it goes now. But I think something the show did really well for me as somebody who is not naturally drawn to um, horror and that kind of thing is that one, it's really funny. Like it's not a show about like this serious trauma and then it's nothing but like angst and negativity. And obviously there's a lot of like really fucked up moments. I mean, it's about a plane crash. Um, That's already really traumatic. They're stranded for 19 months. People die. They have to like, they resort to cannibalism. Like they're starving. Like there's obviously a lot of aspects of the show that's like it, it touches on something very traumatic. Um, But I think it does it in a way that's so like not enjoyable because I'm not enjoying them eating people, but it's like a a fun show. And I really like the characters and the storylines and like, it's, it's just a very, I got it. I got really attached to the characters and the story and the overarching, the overarching narrative before it, it, they, the cannibalism happened. So at that point I was just like, well, I really like them. <laughs> so I can forgive the cannibalism. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the truth is, I think something that has like something that started making sense to me when I was watching it and like a distinction I was able to form that I wasn't really before, because I think I've never really consumed anything, no pun intended, about cannibalism, 
besides that like one bones episode because it freaked me out so much and even like any criminal minds episodes where like cannibalism was involved like that just always really creeped me out and i don't think i ever like i i was just like cannibalism not gonna watch it like it 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 made me uncomfortable in a way i i didn't want to examine and i didn't feel like i needed to because it wasn't just like when at when was i gonna have to like some things if they make you uncomfortable and you don't want to watch it it's like why it's not coming from like a deep-rooted trigger it's just like does that make sense to anybody (laughs) i don't know if i'm making any sense but it was just one of those things where i was just like i don't need to watch anything with cannibalism in it so why am i gonna really break down why cannibalism freaks me out um but i do think that in watching yellow jackets something i've really begun to examine within myself is like the difference in different types of cannibalism not i don't think you should eat people i'm not like pro cannibalism but i think from a media standpoint i'm a vegetarian okay i don't i don't really like the idea of eating any kind of meat but i think from a media standpoint it's a lot less creepy for me to watch the like a survivalist situation where they end up like resorting to cannibalism and then just like some serial killer who like got off on cooking and eating people I think that like there's a difference in and obviously like from the flash forwards we see of them their time in the wilderness they do become kind of like I don't know if they're like it it's the same level obviously but they do eventually start hunting each other and like there's a whole like I'm not saying it's not disturbing but I think it is really fascinating to me and I think one of the things that I enjoy watching the most in like media is trauma and different forms and that's like such a general thing of like trauma you know like a lot of people have like what does that mean but I think yellow jackets because of the way it's formatted and you see things happening in 1996 when their plane crashed and then you see them present day in 2021 like um, cause that's when the show started like navigating their daily lives and they're being blackmailed and there's like all these layers to like the present day storyline as well. But I think it's really interesting. And even season two now with the introduction of adult van, um, you just see how all of them have taken this experience in the wilderness and this like trauma they shared and how it is surfacing in their present day. And it's not really like there's a flashback or a flash forward. It's like both stories are present, um, but they, they're just mirroring each other. And I, I've just found it so fascinating. To, I like it, It's just, it, it's such a good show because the characters are so interesting. Um, the, the premise itself is really fascinating. And I think the way that it captures trauma is really interesting to me. I think as a writer, um, and I've obviously I'm not a TV writer, but I've written a lot about my personal experiences. And I think the, the experiences I found, I have found the most compelling to write um, are surrounding my traumas. And I find it, I don't know, there's something for me very comforting, not about the show about cannibal cannibals I feel like anything positive I say I'm like but I'm not pro cannibalism like I'm a vegetarian okay I'm not pro hunting and killing animals let alone human beings that's not what I'm saying it's fiction I think it's also very easy for me to separate this from like sometimes when I'm watching stuff I get very like not that I can't separate reality from fiction but Something that makes things especially uncomfortable is like if it feels really real to me and not that this doesn't, like I'm not saying like it's poorly acted or it's like it doesn't feel real, but it's like the characters that are dead, I don't know, they ate, they they eat, spoiler, they eat a girl, actually I won't say who, but that actress was like on the red carpet doing interviews. I'm like, okay, so she's not dead. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's disturbing to watch obviously but I think there's a layer for me where I'm able very much to be like this isn't real and it makes it palatable for me I, I'm going all over the place I don't even remember where this thought started oh I was talking about trauma 
and and I just I I I I think the reason because a lot of media navigates and captures trauma and trauma responses and the aftermath and all of that that's a very I feel like common motif in media because because it's like very like it's very I don't want to say essential but very it's very um central I guess to the human condition is trauma and how people react to it but I I think something that makes the way Yellow Jackets covers trauma and navigates it so interesting to me is that it's like this group collective trauma where they all went through this thing and they all did things that they're ashamed of and they're not proud of and they are all reacting to it so incredibly dif- like differently in the moment like you see their different approaches and responses and like instincts in the wilderness but you also see it as adults and how they've kind of taken what they've been through and how some people have repressed it some people like Lottie is trying to use it to, like use it to, like she's trying to use her pain to help people by starting this cult like you know <laughs> and they're all flawed in the way that they try to help people don't get me wrong or not help people but they try to work through their trauma but it's it's and it, it's just so interesting seeing how different traumas affect different people in the moment and then after the fact and how it impacts their relationships with each other and I think I I always said in high school that when I was reading Lord of the Flies it was the one book in my time as a high school English student that I didn't read um I I love reading. I was an English major in college, and I always read every book that was assigned to me, like front to back, took notes, did the whole shebang, never did cliff notes, none of that. I did cliff notes, um, the Iliad or the Odyssey, the Odyssey. Um, I didn't read the Iliad, but I did spark notes, the Odyssey, not because I didn't read it, but just so I could make sure I understood what was happening. <laughs> um, yeah, that was just like, I also, when I read the Odyssey, I was, I was a sophomore and I had a teacher who like made us, who gave like very detailed quizzes, um, about like the, uh, it was like the most random details. It wasn't like general plot. It was like, what color was the robot of this story? There wasn't a robot in the Odyssey. I'm just, anyways. So I, by the time we got to reading the Odyssey, I was taking notes on absolutely everything to make sure I wasn't missing like tiny details because... I didn't want to fail those quizzes. So for that class, I did read clip notes, but I was reading the material as well. But by the time Lord of the Flies came around, I was a, I was a sophomore, a second semester sophomore year. I was going to say I was a junior, but I took AP Lang junior year, and this wasn't AP Lang. But by the time it was second semester of sophomore year, and we were reading Lord of the Flies, and I started reading it, and I, I tapped out. I was like, I, this doesn't resonate with me. Peace and love. I don't give a shit about these boys. Like, it was so unrelatable to me as, like, a young teenage girl who honestly didn't have that many male friends. I still don't really. Um, not for any, like, malicious, like, discriminatory reason. I just find men scary. <laughs> um and yeah, and obviously Yellow Jackets is not just a survivalist. Like there are so many different, I think that's another thing that makes it so interesting to me is that it's not just one thing. It's like funny. It's like disturbing in moments and really like like scary and like startling in other moments. Um, it's about female friendships. It's like survivalist. It's about trauma. It like has two storylines from like different time periods happening at the same time, which I always really love. I love in literature, but also in movies, like when two storylines are told um, at the same time and the step from the past informs the future and the way people react in the future informs like the past. And as you get further into the stories like more like their reactions in the present make more sense based off of the past and yada yada like I just I find that so fascinating 
Um, I really enjoy it as like a, a way to, t- to tell stories. I read a book once, which the, the tone is completely different, but it's called I'll Give You the Sun, and it's about these two twins. I mean, that's implied. It's about these twins. Um, and one of them is telling the story like three years before the other one is. And their relationship is completely different in the like three years later storyline. And you're like, what the hell happened? Like, it doesn't make sense. And as you find out what happened in the past, everything in the present makes so much more sense. And it was so well done that all of the reveals like made so much sense and like blew my mind and like answered questions I didn't even realize I had. Um, And it was a really good book. And I just really enjoy that kind of storytelling where... It's not like a linear story. I mean, it is a linear story in the sense that it's not like they move around during the wilderness. It's like, you know, we see them crash and then right now it's like time has passed. Like in that way, it's linear, but it's not linear in the way that it's like we start in 1996 and then we end in 2021. It's like both are happening at the same time. And I find that really interesting. But anyways, I keep going on random tangents and I don't remember where my point began, but I really like the way the storytelling happens. I, I, I love the characters. I think that is one of the things that really got me like attached to it. And I've seen so many tweets about people being like, when, when the girlies start fighting and people have to like, people have to pick sides, it's going to be a bloodbath. And I honestly, I'm, 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 I'm fine with any, I'm, I think they're both right. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to pick sides. Nat and Lottie, I'm like, I mean, they both had their points. They both had their points. Like, it's not Lottie's fault that she's, like, a supernatural genius who, like, knew Javi was alive. And she just said what she felt. But I also understand why Nat doesn't want Travis to only be focused on finding his brother. Like, everything they do, like... Even when I don't agree with them, I see their logic a lot of the time. Not always. Like Misty, like I have to say, one of the things, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's like the second episode this happens of season one, but when Misty destroys like the locator for the plane, (laughs) to me, that was one of the like most confusing and yet understandable moments of Misty, of Misty's, you know, whole shtick because... If you haven't watched the show and you know what I'm talking about, basically there's a plane, it crashes, and one of the characters like goes into like like super like problem solving mode. Is helping everybody. She took like a first aid class. She knows what she's doing, so she's like like she goes into like full problem solving mode, and she is super helpful. And she overhears two girls being like, thank God Misty was here. And it's like the first time she's overheard somebody like say something about her behind her back and it's not like mean. And so she destroys the like box thing that like sends a signal to like, you know, the, I I don't know how planes work, but it's the thing that like, that locates where they crashed so they can be traced and found. And she destroys it. Because she's like, people finally like me here. And I just have so many things to say about that because it's like, I mean, evidently, obviously we're seeing the presentation, so I I know how things worked out, but it's like, I feel like people would like you. I don't know if anybody finds that out. That's a big question that I'm interested in having because a lot of them don't seem to like her, but I don't really know if it's because they find out like she just like, she's part of like, like she's the reason they weren't found sooner or if it's just her general demeanor. And when they start like hunting people, maybe she's a bit too (laughs) happy to, to be murdering people. Um, probably, but I, I don't really know. They don't really like her in the present day. And I mean, there's so many like what ifs, you know, but I, I feel like it would be so much better to be a hero for like a, a minor thing. Like if not, it wouldn't have been minor because people still died. But like if they were found within like a week or like even a month, the amount of trauma they would have like before winter hit, which is what season season two is when once winter hits, if they were found before like winter hit, 
Misty could have still been seen as like super helpful and a hero, yada, 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 but um, not as many people would have had to die. And like, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. but like think critically, Misty, they're saying something positive about you right now. They already like you. There's always room for people to start disliking you. All you're going to do is get crazier in the woods. Like I, that's just logical. But she's a 16-year-old girl or however old she is. Like, you know, teenagers can't be counting on to make the best decisions. Um, No hate to her, but I just find it so funny as an adult because I'm like, they like you now. Appreciate them liking you now. Don't like, I understand that she was like so desperate, like to hold on to that moment. But it's like, what you don't do is like, prolong the suffering they're happy that you help them in the moment of suffering don't prolong the suffering unless you know you can also help them in the amount of time that you've prolonged it because she prolonged their suffering and then like you were good in that moment of crisis but like did you think that you could like make them like you for that much longer i don't really know missy quigley fascinating character they're all really interesting i'm kind of like bopping all over the place in this little thing because it it wasn't even like this isn't like a recap or review or anything it's just like I need to take all of the thoughts that have been in my brain about the show and get them out there somehow because I don't know anybody else who watches this show personally and I have so many thoughts every episode I'm like I do listen to a podcast that recaps it um I subscribe to their patreon because the Yellow Jackets episodes are behind the paywall. And I was like, I, I need to hear other people's thoughts on the show. Um, and honestly, great $10 a month. Very happy with my purchase. Love them. It's called HBO Lax. They, ha- they have really good reviews that are like public too. If you watch Succession, their Succession recaps are really great. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that podcast. And the Yellow Jackets contest is worth the the patreon subscription but anyways i really just i you know had a lot to say um i still do i'm gonna talk for like maybe 10 more minutes and then talk about vanderpump rules i don't really know i want to record for like at least like an hour in a little bit so i can edit this down to just an hour i'm gonna try not to cut out too many things just like any pauses and stuff i think Part of the reason I kept putting off recording this podcast was because the idea of editing it was really like a a big time commitment. And I think it's just because I have been spending like hours and hours like cutting out any like awkward pause or like tangent. And I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't really have time for that. And this is this podcast is like in its infancy still. Like, yeah, I started it over a year ago, but I have less than 30 episodes because I've taken like a million hiatuses. But so anyways, yeah, this podcast is going to be just going to be me talking into a microphone and then I'll listen to it one time, cut out like any long pauses or any like random things and that'll be it. So sorry again for this tangent, but I'm not going to cut it out because I have a full time job. Um, I also want to start fostering kittens again soon. And that was a big time commitment. But anyways, what else do I have to say about Yellow Jackets? In general, I love the show. The characters are really interesting. Um, I am still a scaredy cat, so the, the, I've only watched two episodes, like, without knowing what's going to happen before, and I honestly, in general, tend to watch things after they've come out, um, not, like, days later, but, like, Succession, I already know what's going to happen when I watch Succession, because it's on when I'm at work, but Yellow Jackets drops on Thursday evenings, Pacific time, and I don't have work on Thursdays, so I can watch it live. I did read spoilers for this episode because somebody leaked the like the description of the episode um, or like a recap of the episode because it wasn't originally supposed to come out this week. It was supposed to come out last week and then they pushed it back. But anyways, so I do vaguely know what happens in this episode, but as a scaredy cat, it is kind of, it is, it is a little stressful. I will admit, especially because the cast has said that the end of the season is where things get really dicey. It has been a little stressful watching completely unprepared. So I, I, I normally like to start it like the last couple episodes that I've watched live in quotes. I like day of release. I do wait like at least like a half hour. Um, check on Twitter, see if there's anything really intense and 
kind of just brace myself. I've just, I've really been bracing myself. I like, I'm not afraid to look away. So it is a little bit scary, but the, how there's something about the show. Like, I don't know. They are like, I watch a lot of TV. Like I'll give most shows a chance. And, um, I don't like, I become very obsessed with things like often, but there's like a certain feeling I get when I watch a show that I'm like, this is going to be one of my favorite shows, like at least for a little while. And I had it with yellow jackets and I really, I can't explain what's like, why? Like, I mean, I, I literally been talking about it for like a half hour, but I feel like there is just a cosmic connection. I feel sometimes with characters and stories and the way a narrative is like told that I instantly am just like, I, I'm going to be a stan. And I feel like I'm a Yellow Jacket stan now. And I haven't been watching it since season one. Like, I'll admit that every day of the week, cannibalism freaked me out. So I like didn't give it a chance, which is kind of funny that I started watching when season two was airing because the cannibalism is like a lot bigger. It's like much more present this season because they're in winter and they don't have as much like, they don't have like food. So I don't really know, but... I, I, I love the show. Like, I love the show. I don't think I'll ever watch anything about cannibalism again. Um, just because it's not really something... Like, the thing is, like, yes, the show, a big, like, plot, obviously, is the cannibalism. Because it's, like, something they're still so haunted by um, and ashamed of and everything. But the show is just like so much more than just about like what they did to survive out there. And I think that's something that I really like about the show is that, yes, they did a lot of bad things out there, but it's and yes, they like resorted to cannibalism. But like the things they did in their most like like vulnerable, weak, like desperate moments don't like define them like, yeah obviously it shaped them for their entire life but it's like when I watch the show I'm not like they're cannibals or like they are this or that like I'm not labeling them I'm like I'm watching it from like a perspective where I'm like these are people who went through something like unbelievably traumatic and they did what they had to do to survive was it right sometimes probably not I haven't we haven't gotten to the point where they start hunting people yet but like Uh, you know, like ethics, there's a moral gray or whatever, but I think it's easy for me as a vegetarian to be like, I would never eat a person. And I really don't think I would. Like, I think realistically, if I was stranded in the wilderness, I would just, I would die. I would die. I'd be like, look, I don't want to be hunted because I don't really want you to like like I can I just go outside and fall asleep like Jackie did and then you eat my body then like you can eat me I have resigned myself to like be food for you peace and love I'll be dead I don't really care but I just don't want you to brutally murder me before you eat me that would be my (laughs) position but I think there's something too about the show that really just I don't know it's like you it's made me be like, you don't know what you would do in that situation. Like you, like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly knowing myself, I, I don't think that I would eat somebody. I think I would just die. I also think as somebody who struggles with depression, I feel like I would very quickly lose all hope and would like rather die than like survive. But I don't, I don't know. Um, God forbid something like that ever happens to me, please. Honestly, uh, anyways, <laughs> But I don't even know why why I started on this tangent. Nobody asked, Emmy, what would you do if you were stranded in the wilderness? I don't really know. I think I'd die. Like, I don't think I would survive. I have no wilderness skills. Um, and honestly, that not that much will to live. Especially if I was in a plane crash and, like, months had gone by. I'd be like, everybody assumes I'm dead. Like, they have to assume I'm dead. If I die at this point, it won't really matter. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Anyways, um, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. I'm just, I, I... I think I know myself very well and I don't think that I would have much of a will to live if I was in that kind of like what Jackie did as much as I found Jackie annoying honestly she was relatable to me she like didn't care and then she went outside to sleep and she died like in the in the snow 
because it was the first day it snowed. That would happen to me. I would die like Jackie, like 100%. <laughs> but, and you know what? Peace and love. Peace, like, if they wanted to eat me, they could have eaten me. Um, not that this will ever happen to me, I don't I think. But... <laughs> I don't remember, I, I literally don't remember where my sentences start or end, but it's a great show. I love the characters. I think I said that. Um, Lottie, I love so much. I, I love her so much. There's something deeply personable, personal to me about somebody who struggles with their mental health and then like goes through th- something traumatic and is like hospitalized and... I'm just saying I would join her cult. Like, I would. The colors are beautiful. Like, Lottie Matthews, I would, I would be in her cult. I would, fall, I would fall victim to her cult, honestly, probably. But, not. I mean, I don't want to join a cult. But I'm just saying, if I was going to be in any cult, it would be Lottie Matthews' cult. Um, <laughs> I love her. Natalie was, like, my favorite character from the beginning. I immediately was like... I'm obsessed with Sophie Thatcher, like whatever she's doing, like it just, it spoke to me. I really like her character. Um, I love her and Lottie. Those are my two favorite characters and love their dynamic. I love their dynamic as adults too. Like I, I'm a big fan of Lottie and Nat. I like most of them. Like Misty is so funny to me. She's like insane, but so compelling and so fascinating and so enjoyable to watch um even when she's being crazy like Missy's just and the way Samantha Hanratty plays her and Christina Ricci play her like the casting on the show is phenomenal like they they it it feels like they really are the adult versions of the characters like I don't feel like I'm watching two different actresses like it's so good I really like the characters stand out to me as like distinct characters yeah, I love Natalie. I love Lottie. Love Thaisa. Love Shauna. Shauna's whole storyline with the pregnancy has been very interesting to me um, because there are obviously so many theories, and there have been since season one. From what I gather, again, I wasn't watching during season one, but I did like a lot of catch up with watching old interviews and like reading old like theories. Like I tried to literally like immerse myself into the. Um, the lore of the show when I started it because I was so fascinated and like, like I was, I was just, I don't know. I was so fascinated and drawn to like whatever's going on that I read a lot and like, and there's a lot of theories. There were a lot of theories going into season two about what happens to Shauna's baby. Like some people think the baby lives and like, the baby is who killed Travis, um, which was a big mystery that was left unanswered at the end of season one, was who c- killed Travis. People think the baby lived and came back to kill Travis. People think Lisa's the baby, Lisa from season two. A lot of people think the baby lived. Some people think they eat the baby. Um, they've said that they don't eat the baby. I don't think they eat the baby. I think maybe I'm looking at it too rationally. Like, obviously, like, there's witchy stuff going on, so it's like, who fucking knows? The baby could live. But I'm looking at it logically, and I'm like, that baby's not living past, like, a year old, Matt. I don't even, like, I, I don't see the, on I like, not because I think they kill it and eat it. Like, honestly, like, let's be real. How much is a newborn going to feed you? Why would you kill the newborn baby? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, would you really go through the trauma and like like I, of all the things you would kill and eat like a newborn baby that's not going to feed that many of you and you'll just feel horrible about it afterward i'm sure obviously there's like a trauma and like a guilt that comes with eating like a like a a, a friend of yours but i feel like there has to be like i i don't understand how you could like anyways i don't think they eat the baby like that's I really don't think they eat the baby. The the actresses have said they don't eat the baby, but people don't believe it. But I don't think they eat the baby. I just don't think the baby is gonna survive. Because like let's let's look at the circumstances. Shauna like found out she was pregnant in the woods. She doesn't have any prenatal vitamins. 
She doesn't have, she barely has enough food for herself. Like that baby is probably not doing very well already. And what if the baby doesn't latch and it can't breastfeed? Like what happens? That baby's going to die. They don't have formula. That baby's going to die. It won't. Like it, they barely have enough food for themselves. What is a baby going to eat if like Shauna can't provide for it? I just don't think that baby's going to live very long. I mean, I, I, I wish I like not that I want that for the baby, but I don't think the baby is going to live very long. And I I feel like it's going to be very, by the time this episode comes out, because I'm going to edit it either tonight after I've seen episode six, which is when Shauna's baby is going to be born, or tomorrow morning, um, Friday. By the time this comes out, like we'll find out what happens to the baby probably, like if the baby lives or dies or whatever. Um, so all of this is like null and void if you've already seen the episode, but I just, I feel like it'll be really interesting to see how Shauna deals with, if the baby dies, because I don't really know 100% if the baby dies, that's just a feeling I have. I know I said that I read like, like, you know, spoilers through the episode, but I, I, I didn't read that many. Like, I, I don't know what happens to the baby anyways. I swear I don't know what happens to the baby. And even if I'm right, I thought this before, okay? So regardless, but I think it'll be really interesting to see how Shauna deals with the grief of like potentially losing her baby after having already like lost her friend. Um, I'm also really interested in, I don't know when we're going to see this, like, because I don't know how much they're, but... I would be really interested to find out in like how Jeff and Shauna got together when they were rescued because I kind of thought when we found out Shauna was pregnant with Jeff's baby, I thought, well, that's like why they get together. Like she's going to come back with his baby and they're going to get to like, they're going to get married because of that. Um, whether they keep the baby or they put it up for adoption. Like they're going to get together because of the baby, um, on some level. But since that's not a factor, I'm interested in how that rekindling happens. I mean, obviously it's probably over their shared grief of Jackie dying in the woods and everything. But I wonder if Shauna tells him about the baby. Like, does Jeff ever know that she was pregnant with his child? I'm really interested to know how that went down. Um, like their reconnection and if, if she ever told him about having a baby. Um, so I don't really know. We'll see what happens with the baby. <sighs> Sad either way. Man, there's so much trauma in that show. But I, I feel like they do it in a way that isn't too heavy to watch. Like it's obviously a very heavy show with like very like intense subject matter. Um... And yet they do it in a way that I don't feel like more depressed after I watch the episodes. Sometimes I feel a little like I come away feeling like sad or like stressed about something. But overall, I enjoy watching the show show more than it like triggers negative feelings in me, Um, which is something very unique, at least for me, when it comes to like shows that deal with such intense subject matter. And I think it's just the way it's done that... It's really funny a lot of the times. Um, And yeah, the acting is phenomenal. I really like the characters, as I've said. It's a great show. Now, to end up this episode, because I've just rambled about Yellow Jackets for the last 50 minutes, um, I want to talk about Vanderpump Rules. So as I said at the beginning of this episode, this episode was originally episode 27, like a month ago when I was like, going to start recording my podcast again was going to be all about Vanderpump Rules because it had like, that was the show that was like forefront in my mind um, at the time because when the whole scandal broke, if you don't know what Vanderpump Rules is, it's a reality TV show um, about Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant sir and then other restaurants too but it started originally just about sir and a big scandal broke about a long-term relationship from the show um that they started dating in like season three of the show that he had had like a full-blown seven-month affair 
that broke and I had no idea who any of these people were. <laughs> but I got a lot of videos recommended about this stuff and I do consume like reality TV. So I kind of fell down a rabbit hole of like learning who all the players were in this scandal. And my sister was like, I really want to get Peacock to watch the show, like a subscription. And I was like, I know she she had had it when like to watch the traders, but then she had canceled it. So then we like, we got it again and like the shared subscription and we watched the show <laughs> or I watched the show from, I started from the beginning. I started from season one, episode one. Um, actually, that's not true. I watched season nine or no, I watched season 10, like all of the episodes that were that were out at the time, which was like three or four, just to see if I liked the, the show because I was like, if I'm not compelled, like I'm not going to watch all of it. So I watched like the four episodes of season 10 that were out at that time. This was like early March and I really was interested. So I watched all of season nine and then I was like, should I watch season eight? Should I go back from somewhere? But season eight was like the last season that had some like big characters from the beginning, like Stassi and Kristen Doty and Jax Taylor. All of them were there from season one. And I was like, if I watch season eight, like, I don't, I don't want to start from, like, season three or, like, like I was, like, if I'm, I like, season nine and ten, like, I feel like on some level stand by themselves. Um, but season eight, like, not that you have to watch from the beginning, but I thought it would just make more sense because of, like, all the, like, I was, like, if I'm going to watch these people, like, I want to know, like, their origin. So I started from the beginning and I, I like, I consumed it. Like, it took up all of the space in my brain. It was so fascinating to me. I I was watching season 10 and literally Raquel lives like super close to me. Like I felt like a creepy person because I was like, I know exactly what street that is because that's like my neighborhood. <laughs> and I think there's something really that was really captivating to me as somebody who is new to LA. I've been living here for like a little less than a year. I mean, it's going to be a year at the end of June, which is crazy how fast that's gone. Um, and also how at home and like comfortable I feel here already. But it was really interesting to me and fun for me to watch a reality TV show of like these people um, who are just like living their day to day lives, like all in my area, like all places that I recognize, places that I'm like, I, I've been here. Like it was it was, it was just really compelling to me. Um because I'm I'm someone new to LA and I hadn't I didn't know much about LA before I moved here and obviously not like Vanderpump Rules is like the story of LA on film like I'm not saying that but it was really interesting it was really interesting to watch a show that took place in a city that I was acquainting myself with um, and I'm still I feel like acquainting myself with I haven't been to everywhere in LA it's a very big city. Um, and I've just found that very enjoyable. Like I, that was an aspect I really liked. And I think something that really captivated me with this whole scandal was that I feel like it just part of the reason I love reality television is I think it says so much and can show you so much about like human interactions and and like interpersonal relationships. And the whole Sandoval Raquel thing, the more I watch the show and the more I've been watching season 10, if you've been watching season 10, like you probably feel the same way, the more like mind blown I am watching the whole thing and not just watching it, but Tom Sandoval's response to me was like, especially mind blowing because there's like an inability to just be like, I messed up. That was wrong. I shouldn't have had an affair. Like there's always some scapegoating and some like justifying. And I, I, I like to try to understand people when I'm like, you know, watching things. And I feel like on some level, I understand this like impulse to be like, it wasn't my fault because you're so, I mean, for me, it comes from a place of being so scared of being a bad person 
that sometimes in the heat of an emotion, it's really hard for me to be like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have like done X, Y, and Z because it clearly hurt you. And my brain goes into, well, I wasn't trying to. Like that's how my, you know? And and I don't know if that's why Tom Sandoval does, like reacts to things the way he does. I, I don't really know because I would like to think that this is something that I have picked up on about myself and that I've been working through in therapy. And I've been trying to learn to even if my natural impulse is to be like, I didn't mean it that way, to not make it about myself, like to not make it about my ego and my feelings are hurt. And obviously it's an ongoing process. Like you can't change negative like patterns overnight, but it is something that I've noticed in myself that people have pointed out. And I try to, and I understand why that's an issue because at the end of the day, if you hurt somebody And they're like, hey, you hurt me. And you're like, I hurt you because you did X, Y, and Z or because you weren't doing X, Y, and Z. You are making it about you when at the end of the day, you hurt that person. And yeah, maybe you feel really shitty for hurting them. Maybe you feel really ashamed or bad about yourself. I'm not saying this is why Tom Sandoval is reacting this way. I think he just has an ego, a really big ego. My microphone stopped working there for a little bit. Um, but anyways, what I was saying is I don't, I I don't know why Tom Sandoval does it. I'm just speaking from personal experience, um, that sometimes it can, it can feel really shitty to admit that you hurt people. But at the end of the day, by not admitting it and not validating that person and being like, you're right, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. What you're doing is making it about you and just further causing harm. Like at the end of the day, you're just, you're causing more harm. And I don't really know. I think I hate diagnosing people or being like, I think this is this, but because Tom Sandoval just doesn't make any sense to me. Like I cannot grasp, like there's some things where I'm like, okay, I understand like the immediate impulse to not want to be like, yeah, I shouldn't like that was fucked up. Um, Sometimes I understand it. But I also, at this point, it's not an immediate impulse. It's like a calculated narrative or calculated thing that he's sharing like on podcasts being like, she was doing this wrong. She was doing this wrong, yada, yada, yada. And at that point, it's no longer your own. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's something to be said about like naturally being like, no, no, I I didn't mean to hurt you. And, And like being initially defensive but I think once you take a moment once you're not in like the heat of an emotion and heat of like like being defensive or whatever um you can take the space and time to be like that that was wrong I really shouldn't have done that and you still can't do that then at that point you're just like I don't know that that's be like, that's wild to me. It's just crazy to me. And the fact that he just, he's saying the same things about, he said the same things about Kristen that he's saying now about Ariana. It's like, it just, at some point you're the problem. Like, and it's actually, it's so, I'm really glad that I rewatched all of it because I feel like I have so much more context and insight into who Tom Sandoval is as a human being And I feel like instead of like immediately jumping on a bandwagon and being like, he sucks, he's a cheater. I feel like I have more of a grasp on it. And I understand that it's not, it's not just the cheating. Like, obviously that's a very fucked up part of it. That's like the main part of it. But there is another more like just as insidious level of his inability to like take a step back and apologize for the damage he did with no excuses without being like, she did this, she did this. Well, I was right. Whatever. Like at some point you have to be like, I, it it was on me. Like at, at some point, because it doesn't make absolutely, it doesn't make absolutely any sense that, uh, that, that he tried to break up with her and she refused. Like she just didn't like, he's painting her out to be crazy for refusing to accept that he was breaking up with her. And it's like, he still lives in their house now. Like their shared house. He still lives there. He didn't move out. Like after the whole scandal broke and she doesn't feel comfortable being in the same room as him. Something that she has expressed multiple times through like multiple people. He doesn't care. It's his house. He's coming and going as he pleases. So to me, what that says is that he wasn't clear 
Like, I don't believe for one second that Tom Sandoval made it clear that he wanted to break up with Ariana. I don't. Because, like, if you really, really wanted to break up with somebody, cut contact, move out of their place, like, set a firm boundary, create a, like, firm distance. And then if they come seeking you out, yeah, okay, that's on them. But I just, I don't believe that he actually put in any steps. If he even said to her, hey, I want to break up, I don't think he did. But, like, I don't know. The man is just so full of shit. And as much as I try to empathize with certain reactions and, like, give people the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time, there are just layers to this that make it so insidious. And at this point, it's a pattern of behavior because it's not just, like, he did this to one girlfriend. Like, he's 10 years later with a completely different girl who, like, when he started dating her, he said all of these things and how much better she was than Kristen, how different she was than Kristen. And now it's like, what, she's just the exact same as Kristen? And that's, it's always the other person's fault. You have no responsibility. It, it's just, it's baffling to me. It's like crazy to me. I recommend watching all of Vanderpump Rules, honestly. Um, if you don't want to watch all of it, I definitely recommend watching season 10. Um, the finale is coming up, which is going to be really intense. I think next week is what was like the originally filmed finale. And then the week after that is like the finale that they picked up when the news broke and they had like, they filmed an uh, an extra episode. So it's all happening as Sheena would say. (laughs) Um, and I love it. I love Vanderpump Rules and I, I watch it every Wednesday and then watch what, watch what happens live right after and I've, it's great. It's great TV. If you're interested in reality TV at all, I really recommend it. Um, start with season 10. And if you like it, then like maybe consider going back and like getting a, a, a deeper insight and grasp into who these people are. If that's something that is compelling to you, because it was to me. Um, and it, it's just phenomenal television. It really is. It's such good TV. It's, it's, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. Um, I should have come with more written down, but I've been talking for like an hour now and I'm almost all tapped out, but I want to say that this episode was very unstructured. As I've said multiple times, I didn't come with notes prepared. I just wanted to talk into a microphone for an hour. And I enjoyed doing these this kind of thing, just like rambling. But I also really like having structure to these podcasts and have really enjoyed like rewatching things and doing recaps. And I'm not completely putting that off the table, but I do think I need to like reel myself in with the editing. So if there's any like little like noise issues or like more pauses than normal, like I'm really sorry. I need to work on my time management and not make the podcast like spend so much time making sure it's like absolutely perfect that I stay up too late and like because that because that kind of perfectionism hinders me from even doing these at all and like really discourages me from trying again which is part of the reason it took me so long because the editing I was like I could record it but like it's I'm not I'm never gonna edit it and I am gonna edit this episode I'm determined to edit this episode but it just might take me but it 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 just won't be as thorough thorough as I I was doing it for a while there because I think when I transitioned from video editing to just the audio I was like well since it's only the audio I was noticing a lot more like pauses and like gulps I gulp a lot when I'm nervous um I just did it right there and I was cutting all that stuff out because I thought it was really annoying And I think I just need to get to a point where, like, I'm not going to cut out all the little annoying quirks of my voice and, like, the way I talk because I don't have the time to do that. And this is still a baby podcast. It's still for fun. I have a full-time job. This is just for fun. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up. I think I've been recording for about an hour. I'm going to try to not cut out too much. So hopefully it's at least 45 minutes this episode. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about next episode yet, but... It'll be something. Hopefully this episode will be out Friday the 5th and hopefully I'll have episodes out Friday going forward. 
um, maybe every other Friday. I don't really know. This will come out when I feel like it, mostly. But thank you so much for listening. If you liked it at all, um, please make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow me wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share it with a friend. Share it on social media. Um, you can message me any comments, feedbacks, concerns. Like I, I do check my message requests on all my social media. So if you find if you find my Instagram and you're like, I have thoughts about yellow jackets or anything, feel free to hit me up. I, I will respond. Um, thank you so much for listening. Sorry again for any annoying noises I make. I am trying to not be a perfectionist. It's really hard to not just like edit like 20 minutes down from these episodes when I like am so self-critical, but I need to learn to stop being so self-critical because it hinders me from even recording the podcast. So anyways, thanks for tuning in. I will hopefully be here next week. You will hopefully hear from me next week.